Well, grab your Bibles, get them out. If you don't bring your Bible, I don't know, a lot of you have it on your phone. I don't like the phone. The phone is a distraction machine. And I like the paper, and I like the, I like the, is that me? It is me. All right, let's keep trying. I like to underline things in the Bible, don't you? I don't know, that's the way to go. I just, it's not the same. Okay. We've been in a series on the Beatitudes. Church in Matthew chapter 5. We've been in a series on the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. What does Jesus do? He highlights eight attributes that he wants us to possess. And, and when we do, he says that you and I will be blessed if, if we have these things in our lives. How many want to be blessed? I know I do. The word blessed is the Greek word there, uh, markios. It means supremely blessed, happy, or to be envied. Supremely blessed or happy. So you could say the Beatitudes are God's recipe for a happy life or God's recipe for a blessed life. Okay, today we are going to look at the sixth Beatitude. It's Matthew 5, verse 8, and it is this. I'm going to just make sure this is screwed in all the way. looks good. All right. Got a little static there. Matthew 5, 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Okay. First of all, what does it mean to see God? Well, um, that sounds like it would be a blessing to see God. How many would want to see God? I, I know I would. Okay, what does it mean to see God? Well, I, I want to suggest to you that there are two layers to that question. The first layer is this. We know, of course, that in eternity, when we go to heaven, to, um, to see God in heaven, we must receive the purity that Christ offers to each of us. Aren't you glad that, that Jesus comes and he washes us pure? Okay, but before that purity is... All right, I'm, I'm ditching this, y'all. I'm going over here. Check, check, check. All right, hopefully we're done with that. How many know that before this, um, this purity can be manifested in our hearts, it has to be manifested in our spirit? That's where the Christian life starts, okay? It starts and it originates from the newborn spirit, okay? So you are three parts, if you don't know this. You are body soul, spirit. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, what does he do? He gives us a brand new spirit. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Our spirit is righteous, holy, pure. Let me say it this way, perfect. If you don't believe that, you need to believe that. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he makes your spirit perfect forever, perfected forever. That's good stuff right there. But how many know we still have a a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we have a body. Our spirit is saved when we place our faith and trust in Jesus. Um, Our mind, will, and emotions, our soul is being saved, being renewed day by day as we walk um, in sanctification with the Lord. And our bodies one day will be saved. We'll get a a new body in heaven. Amen? So it originates this purity that Jesus talks about. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. They will see God. It originates from our newborn spirit. As, that, as our newborn spirit begins to, um, as that work happens in our life, it begins to overflow into other areas of our lives. Amen? It's kind of like a waffle. How many like waffles? 
I just thought of this illustration. Get ready. Buckle up. But how many know when you pour the syrup on the waffle, it has to fill up the first square? And then it overflows, and then it overflows. And pretty soon it overflows, and it's coming out everywhere. All right? You're like a waffle. Okay? When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he starts pouring that spirit anointing oil on you. And it starts filling up and taking over your life. And pretty soon it starts to spill outside of you into your outside world. Amen? So be like a waffle. All right? Okay. So we will um, see God one day in heaven. Thank God for that. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. But additionally, if you want to see God in this life, it is the pure in heart who will see him the most. It is the ones who allow the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to renew their hearts who will actually see the goodness of God most manifest in their world. Okay, those who allow their hearts to be transformed by God will see the most power, presence, purpose, peace, prosperity, and any other P word you can think of. That's a lot of P words. Write those down. Ready? Power, presence, purpose, peace, prosperity, paprika, uh, pizza. There you go. Okay. The pure heart will experience God's goodness. Okay. Uh, Psalms, uh, David said it, said it like this, Psalm 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay, so David, of course, was focused on eternity, but he said also, I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to see the goodness of God manifest in my everyday life. How do we do that? Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God manifest in their life. Seeing God on this side of eternity looks like the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Land of the, living. the pure in heart will see God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just see God once or twice in my life. Like I have some God stories. I have some cool things that he's done in my past um, and, and does currently. I don't want to just see God once or twice in my life. I want to see God everywhere in every season. I don't want all of my God stories to be the past. How many want new God stories? How many want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? The pure in heart will see God. And so we want to allow that sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to get, um, to get what happened to our spirit and let it leak out to our, to our soul and leak out to our bodies and leak out to our world. That's the goodness of the Lord. The Lord cares tremendously about what's in our hearts. He cares tremendously about our hearts. Remember when the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint a new king. What did the Lord say? He, he goes to the house. It says this, 1 Samuel uh, 16, 6 through 8. When the Lord arrived, Samuel saw Elab and thought. So here he is reasoning to himself. Surely the Lord's anointed stands, uh, stands here before the Lord. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. In other words, the Lord's saying, don't look on the outside, right? Don't look at his appearance. Don't, look that, don't, don't consider the fact that he's handsome. Don't consider the fact that he's tall. I don't like what's in his heart. That's what the Lord's saying here. I've seen his heart. I don't like what's in his heart. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. God sees what's in your heart. He sees inside of us, okay? It's all about heart. God, God was not impressed with the outward. He's impressed with the inward. Okay, so how, how do we get pure hearts? How do we get pure hearts? Well, again, I mentioned this a minute ago. We have to allow the grace of God 
that transformed our spirit man that looks like Jesus. We have to allow the grace of God to transform our mind, will, and emotions and to, and to uh, leak out from us. But I want to give you uh, this morning, I, want to, I just want to highlight a, f- highlight a few ways that you and I can pursue purity. In other words, we can partner with the Holy Spirit to pursue purity in our own lives. So let me give you a few ways to do that. Number one, check your motives. Okay? Check your motives. Why do you do what you do? God doesn't just care what we do. He cares why we do what we do. How many know that you can actually do you can actually do the right thing with the wrong heart motive. There are many things in life that we're like, this, the, this is the right outcome. This is the right product that should be whatever. But if we don't have the right heart, um, we, we're doing it with wrong motives. Motives are a big deal to God. He really cares what, why we do what we do, not just what we do. Okay, King David, as we read in, Bi- in the Bible, he was a bonehead a few times, right? He did, some, he did some pretty stupid things. How, how many here have done some stupid things in your life? I, I have. Testify. Hey, you know. Yeah, we've all done some dumb things. But with, in the case of King David, God knew that David was a man after the Lord's heart. And so even though David um, had, some, had some wrong behaviors, all in all, David actually had a heart for the Lord. Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 1 through 6. He says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. He's talking about motives. Is your motive to do your righteous acts and to be seen by them? If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Listen, you don't want to receive your reward in full right here, right now. You want a reward waiting for you when you get to heaven. And God's good at keeping score. Verse 3, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, uh, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, so don't allow, um, don't have all your benevolent deeds, all your um, uh, things that you do. Sometimes the Lord's like, let's just, I, I would say most of the time, the Lord's like, let's just keep this between us. Why? Because I'm the rewarder. Don't do it to be seen by others. Do it for me. Do it in secret. He goes on. What about your quiet time? Verse five. What about your personal devotion prayer time? He says this. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. Why? To be seen by others. There's their heart motive. They want to do this. Look how holy I am. I'm standing on the street corner to be seen by others. That's their heart motive. Your motives matter. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you have your quiet time, it's not wrong, to obviously, to pray in public. We love coming together as believers, praying together. That's, there's something very important and special about that. But I would say most of our prayers should be done in the secret place. Go into wherever that is in your house or whatever. Go in that place. Close that door. Just you and the father. Pray to him alone. And he will answer prayers. He will reward you. He will bless the pure in heart. Amen. 
So check your motives. God doesn't just care what you do. He cares why you do what you do. Amen? So uh, that's number one. Number two, how do we pursue a pure heart? Number two, be authentic. Amen? Be authentic. Let me say it this way. Be real. Be real, all right? Uh, Don't be fake. Don't be one person at work, another person at home, a different person at church, a different person at the gym, or a different person wherever you go. Be the same person everywhere you go. Like, I don't want you to run into me at the grocery store, and I'm a different guy than I am standing up here. Or come to my house, and I'm a different guy at my house than I am standing up here. I want to be authentic. I want to be the same person everywhere I go. Amen? Um, in, in, uh, in the Greek uh, language, there's a word called hupokrites, uh, I think is how it's pronounced. Hupokrites, I don't know. Okay, It means an actor. And, and their, their actors would go on stage and they would wear a mask and they would play a part. And then they would go behind the scenes. They would change their mask. They'd come out and they would play another part. And they would go behind the scenes and they would put on a different mask and they would come out and play a different part. That is the, the, the root word where we get the word hypocrite. Okay? What's the point here? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't have a mask in one part of your life. Change your mask. Go to another part of your life. Have another mask on. Don't be one person at church, one person at home, one person at work. Amen? Be one. God wants you to play one character and one character only. That's you. Amen? That's the real you. Be authentic. Be genuine. It says this. In Titus 1, 15 and 16, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions, um, but by their actions, they deny him. Okay, that's a hypocrite. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for anything good. Don't claim to know God and then allow your actions to deny him. Okay? Be authentic. Be real. Don't be fake. Don't be a different person in one situation than you are in another. Amen? All right. Number three. Number three. Walk in integrity. Walk with integrity. Integrity of heart is a pure heart. We need to be people of integrity. Amen? Um, Now, when I say... When you say someone has integrity, what kind of a person do you think of? When you're like, that's an integral person. What kind of a person do you think of? So integrity, it doesn't mean that we're sinless. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. How many know we all make mistakes? It doesn't mean we walk perfect all the time. It does mean living with a reverence for the Lord. Okay? That's what a person of integrity, in my mind, looks like. A person who lives with, a, with a, res, a healthy respect, knowing that the Lord is watching. Amen? I want to give you six keys to being a person of integrity, how we pursue a pure heart. Number one, keep your commitments. This is personal integrity. Proverbs twenty five fourteen says this, Like billowing clouds uh, that bring no rain is the person who talks big but never produces. You guys know those big talkers? Don't be a big talker. Okay, we want to be producers who, who actually outperform the things that we're saying. Okay, we don't want to just be big talkers that don't, don't deliver. That demonstrates a lack of integrity. When you say you're going to do something, do you follow through and do it? Okay, 
Um, I'll give you an example from, from my life this week. This week, um, uh, Friday, I oftentimes, I try to get my sermons done on Thursday. It rarely happens. I usually finish them on Friday. Um, but, and, and by noon on Fridays, like when I try to get them done. Um, but I woke up Friday morning and I had a headache and it kind of set me back that morning and I just wasn't feeling that great. Well, I had, I had, I didn't promise, but I told my daughter, I said that she wanted to go buy a desk for her room on, for, on Friday because she, she, wasn't, she wasn't in school. And she's like, can we go get a desk? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of behind. I need to, you know, get this done. And I was like, you know what? I'm preaching on integrity here. Um, I ought to be a man of my word here. So I'll tell you what. Let's go stop what we're doing. Let's go grab that desk. We went and grabbed the desk. She set it up all herself. That's great. Don't do everything for them. They have to learn too. Okay. But um, it actually set me back even more to go do that. But I, it, it actually... Um, uh, Proverbs uh, 15.4 talks about the person who keeps their oaths even when it hurts them. Even when it's painful to keep your word, it's important to keep your word. When you've made a commitment to something, um, it's important to do that. So it was, it was difficult for me to keep my word in that situation because I was already behind. But I want to be a man of my word. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, be on time. This is social integrity, okay? Let me ask you a question. Are you the kind of person who is on time or are you running late all the time? Okay, we all have things that come up, but let me ask you a question. If you're chronically late, maybe there's something else going on. This could indicate a um, a lack of integrity. Okay, there's nothing wrong with postponing. There's nothing wrong with canceling. There's nothing wrong with running late every once in a while for different different reasons. But let me ask you a question. Is this a constant chronic problem in your life, okay? Um, what do you want to be? You want to be a reliable person. A reliable person is a person of integrity, and that's a person that can be trusted, amen? So don't overcommit and keep the commitments you do make. That's integrity, even when it hurts to keep those commitments. All right, number three. Here's a good one. Ready? Pay your bills, okay? This is financial integrity, and this is important. Pay your bills, um, it says this in Psalms 37, 21. The wicked borrow and never repay. Okay, it's one thing to borrow money. It's another thing to borrow money and then not repay it. If you borrow money, repay it. You borrow something, repay it. But the godly are generous givers. Okay, if you're going to borrow money, pay it back on time. If you're going to borrow someone's tools or, you know, don't you hate it when someone borrows, like, tools or something like that from me? I'm a guy, so I'm like, I like tools. And they don't give it back or they... They wait months to give it back. And it's like, I know you've been done with that project for a long time. Bring it back. Okay, so that's part of integrity. And that's part of having a pure heart is um, uh, financial integrity and also just paying things back. Okay, number four, tithe faithfully. This is trust integrity. Do you put God first in your finances? Okay, or do you, you know, pay your bills and then go out and eat? seven times and buy some things that you know you don't need and then you're like what's left over oh okay I'll, I'll give a little bit to God no the tithe is not just 10% the tithe is the first 10% it's the first 10% you take that and you you give it to God first and then you watch what he does and watch how he provides but don't take my word for it find a tither around you ask them why they do that Ask them if they've seen the blessing of the Lord in their life, and they will tell you they have, okay? If you want to read something on that, Malachi chapter 3 talks all about the tithe and why it's so important. Okay, number five. This one's big. Keep confidence and don't gossip. 
This is relational integrity. How many want to have people in your life that can keep confidence and not gossip about you? This is the kind of friends you want. These are trustworthy people. These are people of integrity. <laughs> it really stinks when you know someone who's like, I, I know that they're not going to keep this a secret, and I know they're going to talk about it behind my back. Like, that happens all the time, okay? Um, that's not a person of integrity. The peer and heart can keep a secret can, and won't gossip about you. Proverbs eleven, thirteen. 13, it says this, A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Amen? All right, so don't be a gossip. It's integrity to keep information that isn't for public use to yourself. That's integrity. Also, it's not integrity to try to pry information out of someone when you know they're not supposed to volunteer information. You also shouldn't pry it out of them when you know that they've made a commitment to keep something confidential themselves, okay? So don't, don't volunteer information that you know shouldn't be public. Don't pry information out of other people that you know they would put them in a compromised position themselves. Amen? Number six, last one. How do we pursue purity? Give your best at work. Do your best job. This is vocational integrity. Don't just do the bare minimum requirement at your job. As Christians, we should be known as the hardest working people with the most integrity. And there should be employers looking to hire Christians. Like you're a Christian, that our reputation should be what? You're going to work the hardest. You're going to be on time. You're not going to steal from me, right? These are the kind of people that we should be. Some people only work hard when the boss is looking. Let's work hard all the time because our boss in heaven is always looking. Amen? Colossians 3.22 says this, Servants in everything obey those who are your masters on earth, not only with external service as those who merely, um, as those who merely please people, but with sincerity of heart because of your fear of the Lord. All right? We're, we're, how many you know, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. And think, if you have a job, and listen, I've, I've worked some jobs I didn't like. <laughs> I've worked some jobs where I didn't want to get up and go to. But how many know that we should still be thankful that God's providing for us in our, in our lives, even when we have jobs that we're not thrilled about? And we should get up and do those jobs with our whole heart, to the best of our ability, when and when the boss isn't looking. Amen? So I just want that that is what a person of integrity looks like. That is part of having a pure heart. And Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. They will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. I'll close with this. Wow, look at us. It's 1010. We're like way ahead. I know. I haven't finished the sermon in the morning service or the 9 a.m. service in like a long time. It looks like we're gonna get there today. I won't name names, but I have a story I want to tell you. This person, I don't think, would want me to name their name. Plus, I want the reward to be in heaven. So, this is a cool story. This week, we were, uh, not this week, the week before, um, at our, we have a running group on Wednesday nights, and um, uh, afterwards, we, it's dash and dine, we, we dash, and then we go have dinner afterwards. And afterwards, we were at uh, Mod Pizza, eating pizza. And there was a gal who's a member of this church, and she comes back to the restaurant, and she goes, I got all the way home and realized I forgot to pay. 
I got all the way to my house and forgot to pay. She came all the way back to the restaurant, paid, paid for her food, and then, and then went home. That's integrity. That's integrity right there. Um, let me ask you a question. Would you, would you have done that? Were you, you know, realize you walked out of the store and you're like, oh, I didn't pay for this food. Would you go back and pay for the food that you didn't pay for? Have you ever walked out of a, out of a store and you have a bag in your hand and you're like, oh, I forgot to pay for this. Do you just keep going to your car or do you turn around and go back and pay for it? Or let me ask you this. When you buy something at the store, and let, let's say that the, the product you're buying is like outside of the store, like firewood, flowers, trees, whatever, do you take the amount that you paid for? <laughs> That's integrity. Uh, when you buy the small bag of ice, do you take the big bag of ice or do you take the small bag of ice? Or do you take two bags? Okay, This is integrity. And maybe it is the case that no one would ever notice, but your Father in heaven sees. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. God keeps score of this kind of stuff. And we can trust him that when we go back and pay, when we take the amount that we've paid for, when we realize um, that I got to settle up with someone because I I I didn't pay for that. Here's the problem I'm having lately. When you go to the grocery store, and now it's, it's, it's hard to get in the habit of bringing bags into the store, right? And it's like, how many bags would you like to buy? I'm like, ah, none. I don't want to buy any bags. And they're like, all right, I'll buy one. Okay, I'm going to take two. Do I just say I want one, one bag, and then take two? No, I'm going to say I'm going to take two. Why? That's integrity. Like, like, it's a pain, and I'm sorry that we have to do that, by the way. Um, but integrity, God is looking, God is seeing, and there's a blessing for the pure in heart. They will see the living God. Amen. Integrity is this, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles uh, and moral uprightness. Second definition, the state of being whole or undivided. I mentioned being a hypocrite. A hypocrite is not a person who is whole. They are, they are a divided person. They're living one, in one situation, they're living this way. In another situation, they're living this way. That's a hypocrite. It says in the book of James that a double-minded man receives nothing from the Lord. That we should, be, we should um, not be double-minded. How many of that? That is what seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is. When we pray, we want to receive answers to our prayers, amen? And part of this is being pure in heart and not being a double-minded person, Amen? So good that Jesus gives us this roadmap for how to live a blessed life, how to have a blessed life. He says, be pure in heart. Allow the work of the Spirit, what's happened on the inside of you, that perfected forever. Like, listen, we're perfected forever in our spirit. Allow your soul to to walk out that perfection. Don't, Don't give up your integrity for something stupid, amen? Let's be people of integrity. So, Father, we love you. I thank you for everyone here, Lord. I thank you that the pure in heart live whole. And I just, I just speak grace right now, Lord, over every heart, Lord, that we would just, God, just take inventory and analyze ourselves, Lord God. And I just thank you, God, not in condemnation, but in actually conviction that you're, you're calling us higher, Lord God. You're actually raising the bar for us, Lord, because we're Christians, Lord, and we're supposed to live better than the world around us. And even if our coworkers are stealing or doing cheating and those things are being lazy, Lord, we're not going to do that because we're Christians and we're called to something higher, Lord. And I just say, in Jesus' name, we're going to rise to that occasion and, 
In Jesus' name, Lord. And we're going to see the power, the presence, the purpose of God in our lives, Lord. So I just thank you for every person here. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.